Hello, my friends, and welcome again to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm Paul White. 27th day of September, just a few more days until the end of the month, which means a few more days until the essay edition. Obviously, the essay edition is going to fall right here in Mark 16, probably some form of Mark review, uh, Great Commission review, good things to say as we approach the end of the book. We are, yesterday we read the eighth verse. They went out. This is the. Mary, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, who brought the spices to the tomb. They go out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. First of all, it is important to note that they were told by the angel, by the young man, in verse 7, go tell his disciples and Peter. Verse 8, they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid which tells me that they were not immediate they were not immediately obedient to the word they were given um, I, I don't I, I'm, I'm in no way insinuating that they never told anyone we know that's not true because of the other gospel accounts but this is the first gospel account and it's, so it's an interesting statement to make is to tell the women to go tell, and then they, they, they tell no one, uh, which tells me as well that obedience is, is a slow thing. It's not always an immediate thing. It is a thing. It's just not always an immediate thing. And so obedience is often something we learn as we move forward. It's also very important at this point in Mark 16 to bring out something that... Um, makes some people a little uncomfortable, and that's simply because they struggle with what is authentic, and they struggle with anyone saying something might or might not be. So if that's you, then you can, you can skip today's podcast, um, because it is worth wrestling with. Now, what we do with it, that's up to us. That's different. But it's important to at least acknowledge it. So let's do that. Verse 8 ends, They said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Some of the earliest manuscripts we have of the book of Mark end with that eighth verse. Some of those early manuscripts include verses 9 to 20, which of course is the rest of the, the book. A few manuscripts even insert additional material after the 14th verse. Uh, we've, we've got a Latin manuscript that adds after verse 8 the following, but they reported briefly to Peter and those with him all that had been told. And after this, Jesus himself sent out by means of them from east to west the sacred and imperishable proclamation of eternal salvation. And then there are even other manuscripts that have that wording right after verse 8, but then they continue with what we call verses 9 to 20. Now, I think that verse is interesting, that phantom verse, that missing verse, Jesus sent out them from east to west the sacred and imperishable proclamation of eternal salvation. That's pretty cool. Uh, Do with that as you will, the fact that we have multiple early translations uh, could mean several things, but Let's talk about the fact that possibly 9 to 20 is not original. If that's the case, then the Gospel of Mark ends with the sentence, 
They went out, fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. And that's a very surprising conclusion to a book that calls itself a gospel. And gospel is a proclamation of good news. You don't end a proclamation of good news. They didn't say anything to anyone, for they were afraid. Well, that's not much of a proclamation. Now, another thing to consider is that the word that is translated afraid is also the word that is translated for reverential fear. The same word produced in chapter 9, where Peter, James, and John go with Jesus to the top of the Mount of Transfiguration, and they are afraid. The word that used there is a reverential fear, an awe. Um, and that that all was at transfiguration, which foreshadowed future resurrection. Here you are now at resurrection, and Mark uses the same word. And so perhaps he has this portion of the story ending with women having the same awe over a resurrected Jesus that men had in awe over a transfigured Jesus, which is a preface, a presaging of the resurrected Jesus. Now, okay, all of that's worth our consideration. What if 9 through 20, what, what do we do with that? Okay, because we're going to study it, of course. It's there. Scholars are they have differing opinions as to whether or not these verses were originally part of this gospel. Some early Greek manuscripts lack the verses. I've just told you before, others have that longer ending. Others have that other verse in there. Um, some scholars even think they were added later, not written by Mark. On the other hand, and this is important, these verses are cited by Christian writers from the second century, which means that Christian writers of the second century were already familiar enough with verses 9 to 20 to include them in their verse quotations. And that has caused an overwhelming majority of most Greek scholarships today, most Greek manuscripts written by scholars, um, they basically have authenticated this passage. Now, I just didn't think it was fair for me to go plowing into Mark 16.9 and ignore what's going to show up in almost every one of your reference Bibles. Either some form of note that tells you it's not there, some reference to verses that are not listed in your Bible that are listed in Latin versions of the Bible, etc., etc. So now that we've done that, over the next two days, we're going to treat 9 to 20 with the same respect we would treat the rest of the gospel and then land on an essay edition on the 30th. We may not completely finish Mark in September, but we're getting very, very close, and we will jump into the ninth verse beginning tomorrow right here on the DDP. God bless.